My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. And joining me as podcast producer is Adip Desai. Hello. Hi. It's so it's so fun now that you're back. You're back, man. You're back. You're here I'm all the back. time. I'm back. I'm here. I'm here to. I'm in it to win it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you know it's so funny because. It's just you and me today. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna talk about supporting characters. Yay. Um so so you and I were just chatting and we, we yeah. were chatting so much I was like, I don't know if we're ever gonna get to the podcast. <laughs> and we were chatting about yeah. trying to get babies to sleep. Yep. And then of course that segued naturally into Downton Abbey. Of course. Somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how I was telling I was telling Adeep that I am secretly ahead of the game. That I Which yeah. Like now I kinda wanna be ahead of the game too. <laughs> you know, but I'm like, PBS is free, you know. <laughs> PBS is free. And we have Downton Abbey viewing parties at our house. Oh, you do? Yes. Do people dress up? No. They should, right? Yeah. Ah, I, I just want to dress like the help because that'll be a lot easier for me to accomplish. That's know, that's the and downstairs. they and they still they still dress nicely. I know they're basically wearing tuxedos. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's true. So I need to get tux. I do not want to dress like the help. <laughs> if I am invited to one of these things, yeah. I intend to wear some kind of like major Mary dress. You know whose clothing I really <laughs> dig is um, is Matthew's clothes. Oh, like yeah. he's like really put together. I'm never looking at his clothing. Oh, he's so cute. He's good looking. I like his face. Yeah. He's got a nice face. He yeah. does. <laughs> he's going to blow up after this. You, you think you know, he's going like, to yeah. be a big rock star? Yeah, I think he's going to get a lot of big movie stuff. Yeah, and we were talking about the fact that like we're we're also over Mary now. Oh, Mary's like, uh, she <sighs> is infuriatingly horrible. I was so into her in the first. Well, you know, it's like she was, the Pam and Jim thing. Like I was really, really invested. Oh, and now that and they're now together, Pam is I'm just such a. <laughs> they're, they're, Pam's boring. And I Mary, love Jenna Fisher, but the Pam character is yeah. is such a bu- buzzkill. Once these women get married, they're they're no fun anymore. I guess it's like reality. Then Laura <laughs> 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 doesn't listen to this stuff. She's not gonna know. Um, no, but it's but we were just talking about how you know this is a I don't want to spoil anything, but like you know for those who aren't caught up. Shame on you, but um, you know Edith goes through some hard stuff, and I feel bad for her this season. And 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 everybody will always say things to to Mary like, perhaps we can get along now, and she'll be like, I doubt it. <laughs> but for now, you can have my love. Good luck. You know. Just By the way, what about the money from your dead ex? You know, like she is such a bitch. It's like, I love like, you. You must save Downton Abbey, so <laughs> I can, can keep wearing my. Fancy clothes and have yeah. my servants. Man, uh, it's just so good. <laughs> it is. But like, it is really good. Like I was so excited that you know Maggie Smith won the Golden Globe, oh, and I'm awesome. so bummed that she wasn't there because I was hoping to hear her give a speech because she's so cool. And she's so cool. She's so cool. I and she, you know, every I mean, talk about subtext, right? Oh, just 
Oh. One-liners with like all this meaning behind it, and it, it's amazing. And it is—it does say something about the writing. I mean, why it, are we oh, really yeah. investing yeah. in this? Because there's so many soaps out there, and you can dress people up. It's still yeah. a soap, yeah. but but there's something else here. I mean, the this writing isn't is soapy excellent. to me, though. Be- it does it because it's not written to appear soapy because yeah. because it's not doing on the nose dialogue. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and her lines, yeah. Just a, a study in subtext. It's, it, it's amazing. I mean, that show, I, I was kind of dragged to the show by Laura because she likes period British stuff. And I do too, but I only like the comedies, mm-hmm. British comedies. And so I don't watch these like, you know, and I think it's partly being Indian. It's like, yeah, these are the colonizers and all this <laughs> stuff. But she said, you have to watch. Okay, just watch five minutes of it. And like within five minutes of the pilot, I said, this is the best thing since Lost, maybe. You know, like, to me, it's just like Lost. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you have all these alliances that shift all the time. That's true. And the dialogue is very slick, and uh, people are always just gaming each other, and and it's almost the same show. That's true. That's true. (laughs) And and for feature people, what's interesting about it, too, is they tend to actually start and finish an entire storyline per episode. It's true. They have that, that... they have the through line, of course. Yeah. But then they do have kind of like they wrap it up. It's like, kind of like a mini movie. It's yeah. not necessary. Even though the, there's serialized relationships, yeah. they tend to, you know, in a way it may actually be maddening for TV watchers who are used to, to like, you know, let's mine this a little bit more. Yeah. But for feature people, you could look at each mm-hmm. Each episode is like a little mini movie. Yeah, definitely. it feels that way. Yeah. yeah, in a good way. Well, I think actually that's probably a good segue to what yeah. we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, recently, I wrote an article for Script Magazine Card Part, which was awesome. <laughs> oh, you liked it? Yeah. You actually wrote. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it to Adif last night. I'm like, you don't have to read it. Just look at the list. Um, <laughs> but it's called uh, "Party Pals and Doormat Dudes Supporting Characters Gone Wild," and uh, and it was really fun to write because it just made me think about like. All right, there are supporting characters out there. They get the short shrift in, in screenwriting books. We're always talking about main characters. Yeah. What, what's up with supporting characters? What role do they serve? And as I was thinking about it, I thought, God, they really, they really make or break a, a feature or a TV show. Yeah. You know, especially things like Downton Abbey, you know? Oh, and like in Downton Abbey, is there a main character? Yeah, you know, I guess probably if one was pitching it. It, you'd pitch it from the Lord's point of view. Like, he runs the manor, and this yeah. is his family and his servants, you know? But it really isn't that at all. No. Yeah. I mean, he's... he's he. I think they're all sort of main characters, mm-hmm. because uh, I mean, maybe not Edith. Like, Edith's probably not the main character, but... Um, or Daisy. Um, but I guess, is it determined by who's going to experience... Oh, that's my phone. What? What? Uh, I, I turned you off. <laughs> I've been having a lot of trouble with this phone. It has a life of its own. It's a haunted Ugh. phone. Yeah. It's just doing, it's just, just paging you for no reason. Yeah. Um, but in, in Downton Abbey, the, you have, I mean, is it wh- whoever experiences the most change is the main character? I or? think it's probably who the camera's on the most. <laughs> who gets the most scenes? 
you know, and probably uh, it is Mary, Mary. and and uh, yeah, it's Jim and Pam. If Jim and Damn. Pam get the most, I know, I know. But then, or maybe they were just main characters for that season, and then when it worked, now we open it up to everybody. Why can't Mary get Spanish flu? Because I liked, <laughs> I liked Matt's ex. She was cute. And she was sweet. I wanted Mary to like fall in a well, or I don't know. <laughs> Better clothes though, and yeah, she gets great clothes. I know. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the uh, the actual uh, categories we were talk to, talking talking about in this in this article. Um, the one of the supporting characters that I, that I, I kept noticing was I kind of called the party pal. Um, yeah, you know, you there's that classic best friend, right? Mm-hmm. But a best friend's better than a best friend when the party pal, when he or she's the party pal, and they get to act out the main character's secret desires. It's so like Will Ferrell in old school. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's that guy that you know. It's the uh, just say what the mm, in yeah. risky business, yeah. you know. And then uh, you know, it's even like sometimes it's even. A bad, like a, a serious character, like Christian Bale's character in The Fighter, could be called a party pal in a way, oh. because he's always yeah. pushing yeah. the main character to do something risky. You know, huh. it's not even though again, it's it's not like a fun party. He wants he wants <laughs> the fight party. You know, yeah, yeah. And then you've got um, Melissa McCarthy's character in Bridesmaids, right? And she's you know, if you think about. Who the the barometer of fun in bridesmaids, mm-hmm. right? Melissa McCarthy was the one who's like, "Let's go to Vegas," you know. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I think she she first said, "Let's do a Fight Club." Let's do a Fight Club, and then it, yeah. and then it, yeah. <laughs> it was Vegas. But these these characters are important because if your main character is always acting out on his or her desires, they look they we don't relate to them. Yeah, because we're not allowed to do that as as main characters in yeah. our stories. We yeah. can't just act out on everything we want. The yeah. party pal does that and brings the fun to it, or pushes the main character into risky situations. Yeah, I mean they're and they're often everyone's favorite character in a movie, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And so going to Downton Abbey again, who would be? Who do you think would be the big party pal? Do you think it's uh, Thomas, or is he? He might. Yeah, he might be Thomas. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, the bad servant, the guy who's always... I mean, definitely for... Well, you know, they have a couple. Yeah, a couple party pals. Because they have... I mean, O'Brien does weird stuff. That's true. But she Tom might fall will, into something else Tom, here. That's true. She does, based on your thing. Yeah. But Tom comes in... Like, Tom will do anything to to game it. And, he will. He will. Um, Downton Abbey is just, like, very slick. It is. It's hard to pin put these people in one category and then they stay there. That's true. Because I think in terms of what you had written, it's, yeah. they, they shift. Yeah, and I think in a way, it's, it cool. it's okay also if they encompass these different categories too. Yeah. But I think for, for a writer to, to know right up front, okay, this is the role I believe the supporting character is going to have, even mm. if they develop through the course of a series or, or the course of a feature, mm-hmm. sometimes where, where characters are murky or not popping off the page is because a writer hasn't decided what their role is. You know, what purpose do they serve for the main character for the story? Mm -hmm. So um, another purpose that they might serve is they might be the doormat dude, which is like the opposite of the party pal. Yeah. Because the doormat dude is, he sometimes he's the brains behind the operation. You want to think about like Jonah Hill's character in Moneyball, right? Mm. Um, Or Andrew Garfield's character in The Social Network. So sometimes doormat dude is really smart, but he um, he often is 
the person supporting a crazier main character. The main character now is always acting out, but you've got like the doormat dude who plays it safe and maybe too safe sometimes. Hmm. Like Ron Weasley in Harry Potter is a doormat dude. I, when you wrote that, it broke my heart. <laughs> well, I love Ron Weasley. He's awesome. Yeah. And even though he's like got a lot of energy and stuff, it's really Harry Potter that's always like, we've got to do this. And Ron going, yeah. should we do that? Uh, that was another really bad <laughs> English accent. Maybe Where's I Matt should try that. We should call Matt and have him come and do some whatever that is. <laughs> but it's that. not safe. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, and the cool thing about Ron is that he will sacrifice himself for the good of the mission. Absolutely. And that's huge. Yes. Like, you could put Ron in Aliens and like he would still be the same he could be the same character and like still be awesome I think you make a really good point <laughs> that the doormat dude often sacrifices yeah. he's and that's what makes him a doormat he <laughs> is the, the main character uses him a lot and also what happens in the development of this relationship is that the main character uses doormat dude so much that eventually at like a crisis point for the main character doormat dude says Stop it! I'm not a doormat. Or, or oh yeah, or there is that leaves moment. in some kind of yeah. way. Yeah, and what that does is holds up a mirror to the main character where yep. they realize they've been a jerk. Yeah, like when Ron gets when Ron gets a little bit of heat for being like a Quidditch badass and stuff like that, and um, and Harry's like, hmm, I'm not the number one around here. You yeah. Know? So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I think that actor um, that, who plays Harry Potter, uh, he, Rupert Grint. Rupert. <laughs> He mentioned that, you know, he thought that Harry Potter was really flawed, was that he was really arrogant. And, uh, you know, I never looked at him that way. But I guess, in a way, that was the flaw he was playing, so that whenever that was tapped... Yeah, yeah. And I think, think, yeah, so so Hmm. definitely um, think about if you need a supporting character who balances an over-the-top main character, so it doesn't turn into, like, you know just sort of a, a dumb comedy, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, think about the doormat dude, somebody who's going to level things out and also be somebody that the main character's flaw can be acted is that, out upon. Is that Paul Giamatti in Sideways? What? How does it work in that movie? He's the main character for sure, don't you think? That's what I thought. Yeah. But then he's also a doormat when when Thomas Hayden Church or whatever like goes off on, on his things and he's always like... Oh, I don't know. And he like drinks his wine, and he kind of. I think that I think Thomas Hidden Church is the is the party pal in that. It's because he's always pushing him, yeah. you know, on the road. Like, let's do this. Come on, let's do. You know, he's the guy, and road movies are classic for it. Pushes him onto yeah. the road, keeps yeah. him on the road. You know, sort of gives him bad advice. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's party pal. Okay. Um. So this next one. <laughs> Then the language is not nice. But I this know. this came about from the fact that in writing group we were always sort of using this character or turning a character into this guy and it was it really, really served the those pages usually. And this character is douche in a suit. And the minute you say that you know who we're talking about, right? I'm familiar. Yeah. You know, and that has become a really popular supporting character. It, yeah. Yeah. Like in um I Love You Man, the um the other realtor who's always like, oh, you want to team up on the Frigno estate? And he's mm-hmm. like constantly annoying douche in a suit. Yeah, as when, when that guy even walks in. Yeah, you know. In his suit, <laughs> you know, his quaffed guy in the suit. You're like, oh, man. With the smirk. They all have the smirk. Yes. You know. But they're so great for creating conflict. Yeah. You know, 
often they're not the antagonist. They're an antagonistic force. And they're really just heightened supporting characters Mm -hmm. that provide more obstacles for the main character. Um, But these can also be women. You know, it's it's not always, you know, a a guy. Um, Kristen Wiig's character in Knocked Up, she's she's the one who, like, says to Elizabeth Banks, you've got to lose... Wait, 10 pounds? Or yeah, 20, yeah, 20 pounds. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, to not Ka- Elizabeth Banks. Catherine to, um, Heigl. Catherine Heigl, yeah. sorry. And then there's Elizabeth Banks' character in The Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, the one who's like, let the games begin. Yeah. In a way, she's corporate, right? Yeah, she's corporate. And she, even Big though time. she's in a dress and weird, weird makeup, she um, she represents Douche and Suit. She's like, yeah, yeah she's, she speaks for the corporation. She makes people do things that she wants and yet she's not the main antagonist in a way it's you know the 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 big antagonist is each other when they get out on the field and it's really i mean the main antagonistic force or the villain of of that movie really is the system Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and so it's that whole character versus society Right. Thing. Right. And, and she does represent she represents the the system yeah um but she also I don't know. There's there's something really interesting about watching her character development too, you know, um, the way that people sort of act out upon her, you know, and mm-hmm. and other people like become even more villainous around mm-hmm. her. Did you read the books? I didn't. Sarah is a huge yeah. fan of the Hunger Games. Yeah, we were talking about that oh uh, last God. time I saw her. Yeah. Oh wow. And she she's become one of those kids. It's like okay, so in the movie it's like this, but in the book it's like no, this. We had a it. we had a 15 minute conversation about <laughs> each book. <laughs> Um, when we were here last, so yeah, I'm like, what did she think about when they and, 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 and she's like, well, I don't. Why did they do that? And I was like, okay, good. Yeah, we're here. We're there. Hey, look, you know, you can talk to her anytime about this stuff. Her, she just saw the trailer for Beautiful Creatures. Oh yeah, and she was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh. so yeah. Um, you know, I think the guy that represents Douche in a Suit the most though is Kevin Spacey. In everything. Everything. Right? You wrote, yeah, those per, I laughed, I, I was like, oh my God, that's so perfect. He's, that's it, who he is though, right? He's made his living <laughs> off of that. I think that's who he is, right? As yeah. Oh, I don't know. Kevin I can't Spacey. say that. I don't want to, you know. That'd be cool if he called in and like verbally assaulted us. <laughs> that's not, no, it's no? not. What, what, what is this thing with you liking conflict? <laughs> I don't like conflict, but it, I seek it out by accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not one of those people. I hate that. Yeah. Like when people like have Facebook fights or Twitter fights, oh. you like that stuff, right? No, no, I don't like that. No, I do like conversations, and I like uh, you know educated uh, arguments and stuff. But if someone's just like you're an idiot and I hate you, that's not really helpful. But you, I only like it on the page. In real life, <laughs> I want everybody to be oh. nice to each other yeah. all the time. It, that, that doesn't scare me. I think maybe because I grew up in, in like a family that liked to argue. So <laughs> it's it's a good skill to have. Yeah. It is. Well, it my is. Bro, you know, my brother's a lawyer, so uh, so he yeah. got good practice at home. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I think maybe that's why I want everybody to be that's nice. That's it. Because every all my my family, family are, are lawyers, lawyers too, and I just yeah. be like, no, no. It's true. I can't have a conversation with him about things because then he'll just you know. He'll write a brief or something, right? And just take me to town. Yeah, yeah. lawyers. Lawyers. I'll put them in this. Yeah, you are surrounded by lawyers. That's for sure. (laughs) If I had an alliteration for it, they'd be in the list. Yeah. Um, the lame lawyer. No, 
sounds mean. Um, the next one is uh, is uh, Mama Mentor. Again, love the alliterations. Mama, yeah, yeah, love yeah. them. Um, Mama Mentor. When I saw Skyfall and I saw Judy Dench's ca- uh, character in in that, I realized. You know, there really has become this shift in what we think of as those traditional Obi-Wan kind of mentor characters. Hmm. A lot of them are women. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It used to exclusively be an older man, Mm -hmm. you know, serving as mentor, but you're seeing more and more female mentors. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they teach and they do have sort of a maternal aspect to them. But so did the, the, the traditional mentor always had a paternal aspect yeah 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 so and now you know the 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 fine line is making sure that when it comes to a mama mentor of color um or of a different ethnicity that it doesn't become the mammy yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and you see you still see that and it's um it's like what year is it yeah (laughs) you do and yet like let's say Viola Davis's character yeah. in The Help, okay? That was a movie about a variety of black female characters, yeah. right? So one of them is is wiser and uh, more of a mentor than others. Mm-hmm. So do we take away wise mentor teaching black female characters and the worry that they'll be mammies or do we make sure that they are smarter than the room and i think in a way that was viola davis's job in there was to be smart not to necessarily be overly nurturing yeah i didn't feel like it went to mammy category with her you know i I feel like she well she's so so great she is you know so she can she could ride that she could. She was on that that on the cusp of that, and it was the perfect place to be. And you know, I've, a lot of that's probably her. A lot of that's direction, and uh, and then writing is is great. The writing like, in that is really yeah. good. It is, and she. I, I think. I think she. I think the whole cast took a lot of heat for. You know, are we yeah. telling the wrong story? Right. Um, and that's of course for another podcast. You get, but, yeah, you get into a whole other. Yeah, gets a can of worms. Yeah, yeah. but but um, going back to Downton. Yeah. Downton. Uh, talk about your mama mentors, man. Woo! They're all over all, the place. Oh, oh, they just run the show. And they're all so different from each other, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, I, I would think if you had multiple ones, they could run together. Yes. Um, but they're, they all mentor in such a different manner that it it works. If you're looking for sort of strong, wise female characters, if you That's want the place. examples, especially older uh, strong yeah. white, you know, they're there, yeah. definitely. Um, but then there is the mama mentor that like that tips into the pushy, and that leads us to the Lady Macbeth. You know, yeah, I love this character. Me too. And that's where, you know, it, it, the world is still made up currently of of male main characters, and it's getting better. It's getting way better. Way better, oh but... Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah but it's, it's still... Slow. Yeah, we're still going to see the majority, right? So what you have to think about is, well, if who's the woman behind the throne? And uh-huh. and by looking at her that way, it's going to make her much more interesting instead of just the support, you know? And it's funny, when I was looking for examples of this Lady Macbeth character, the person behind the throne who's really pushing the male main character to to succeed amy adams kept coming up it was so funny in the fighter in the fighter in the master in the muppets i mean she's she's the one who's always pushing the lead forward 
in huh. all three of those movies. And she's the least likely person you would think of as your classic Lady Macbeth. But that's why her her roles are good. That's why she, she gets noticed for them because yeah. these are great roles that, that push. They don't just support. Was she like that in Doubt? And Doubt, and Doubt, and Doubt, and Doubt. I'm trying to remember how if she kind of which nun was she? <laughs> she, I'm, she I'm, was the cute redheaded nun. Yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I really tricky. Doubt no. is tricky, and yeah. I'm and I'm trying yeah. to think of what it's her role while. was in it. I loved that movie yeah. too, and yet I'm like sort of blanking. I don't know. Yeah, something to think about. Yeah. I don't think she's always that character. Yeah, but it's interesting that she's played that character so much. When we usually think of a Lady Macbeth as somebody who is much more physically commanding. In yeah. vocally commanding, you know, but yeah. Amy Adams really gets those roles, and then she adds her little delicate sensibility like to a, it, and she wins Oscars. Like you know? um, Laura Linney in um, that Sean Penn movie, the you know the one where they're in in Boston, and mm. um, oh, my brain is all messed up. What is that? You know what I'm talking about? You got daddy brain, right? Yeah, I daddy brain. Okay, you got, I, haven't I haven't slept like brain. three days. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, we're getting thing. all these all these emails. You guys are dumb. Yeah, you can't look it up. A, yeah, well, yeah, we should like, really have a computer in front of us. We yeah, don't. We, other other podcasts do. You know, it is that's cheating. Do you think it's cheating? Well, no, but <laughs> that's just forethought. That's right. Who needs that? Let's just move on <laughs> to it. We'll move on to another one. Um, let's see. Uh, teacher dad. Teacher dad. Teacher dad. So this is different from. Um, uh, it's different from the, uh, well, you know what it is. Is it, it mommy mentor? It's, it's, it's the, it's the male version of mama mentor. And it's, yes, we've always had this mentor that was really imposing and grandfatherly mm-hmm. and, and didn't quite come down to earth and just be the dad that the main character needs. Mm. So I think that the male mentor has been replaced with teacher dad, this guy hmm. who is teaches and he's a dad. Um, and, you know, Moonrise Kingdom was a good example of it. Bruce Willis's character as the sheriff. Did you see that? I haven't yet. Oh, you'll like it. I know. You will really like it. They yeah. don't do a mommy and me for Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, <laughs> or at least not that I know. <laughs> um, there's also Jeffrey Rush, the voice teacher in uh, The King's Speech. You know? Um, yep. So, you know, there you get he was a teacher, mm-hmm. right? He was the dad mm-hmm. that this guy needed because yeah. his his king father didn't do such a great job. Yeah. Um, Alfred in uh, the Batman, Batman movies, movies, right? Yeah. You gotta have classic. The, He's yeah. a classic. And you know, okay, is he the the mentor in like this big imposing Obi Wan way? No, he's a teacher and he's a dad figure. And our main character always needs this guy so much because yeah. inevitably, if it's a male driven movie, they always have like really. I don't know, some dad issues, big oh, time. Oh, look at Luke Skywalker. He's oh. like the the iconic kid with daddy issues. Yeah, right? I mean, absolutely. Your absolutely. dad is Darth Vader and your uncle's dead. And right. Like he only had Obi-Wan. And, exactly. Um, well, how does Han Solo figure then in that? Is he like a teacher dad? I think he's of? party pal. Oh, he's party pal. Don't yeah, you yeah, think? Yeah. yeah. But he's a mentor to Luke too. Yeah, I think, you know? I think all good supporting characters, no matter what role they have, mm. end up teaching the main character even if they're teaching them skills like take a risk you know yeah that's that's still that's still teaching them something yeah all these supporting characters at their best influence 
the main character. So they're not just personas. They do, stump, do stuff. They have, they have jobs to do in the script. And that's important to keep in mind when you're developing these characters. They need to serve an actual purpose, not just embody that character. Say, so oh, okay, clearly he's the mentor. But they have to actually make the main character make a choice or do something. Yes. And teach them something. Yes. But they're not, like, but they can't just sit there and, and just be colorful or... Right. Right. Exactly. Otherwise, they're they're just stealing focus. Yeah. And they're not. You like. Okay. Great. That was a cool cameo by that by that character. You, you see that right in scripts, especially early on, where there's like a best friend character, and then like the movie just kind of follows them for a while, mm-hmm. and you're like, what happened to the protagonist? Or they they're so huge, and they never pay off again. They never come oh, back yeah, in. Yeah. So it's one of, you know, so there's got to be this balance, always thinking, what role do they have for the story? Mm-hmm. How are they serving the story? And uh, if their subplot is so fantastic, you constantly want to go back to it, change Maybe the script around. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now, teacher dad in Downton Abbey is surprisingly not dad. It's more the butler in Downton Abbey, don't you think, teacher dad? Oh, uh, Mr. Carson? Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Carson. Yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> I like him, too. Um, but I'll, now I think this is where probably, I mean, as, as a man, you do you feel like in TV, dads themselves are always sort of the subject of ridicule or always the people everybody's either working against. I mean, Downton Abbey is a really good example of that, especially as you get deeper into the season, yes. you'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. D- teacher dad does not actually, he doesn't, he doesn't, this dad does not prove to be as dad-like as he could be. You know? I don't know. It depends on the story, but they, they, I don't think they, I think they're okay generally with just like, here's some advice and then I'm going to go do my thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's sort of the difference between teacher dad and maybe like an Obi-Wan Kenobi who's just like, all right, Luke, we're going to practice this, we're going to do this, (laughs) and you know, I'm going to put you in situations that you're really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit dialed back, but I don't know, it's tricky. Uh, Yeah, I I think, I guess there's been a, the reason I ask is there's just been uh, a lot of, a lot of men I know who've said, you know, I TV is such a, a women's medium. You know, when I turn it on, it's always the guy, the, the the family guy who is the butt of the jokes or whatever. He's not actually running the show. And then I guess the, the like, reason for it is the comedy, right? Because well, that's funny comedy, to that's make fun it. of like, or authority like, figures. Like Last Man Standing, mm-hmm. Tim Allen, he's the butt of most of the jokes. But he gets plenty of digs in on everyone else. I mean, mm-hmm. it's his show. Right. His choices still run the the show. Yeah. Like everybody loves Raymond, even though he was the he's, butt of the jokes. Yeah. His choices is still he's still the main character who's learning and developing. Yeah. And like Boo Hoo. I mean, I know I'm a guy, so I should be like, oh yeah, they're right. But TV's still run mostly by men, mm-hmm. and the leads are usually men. So you know, it's a, it's not a great argument. But <laughs> <laughs> I just like, wondered. There's like how many female showrunners are there? Yeah, yeah. Are there 12? That would be a lot, right? Maybe 10. Yeah. You know, so. I'd go even less. I don't know. No, I think you make a good point. Um, The next one is uh, Angry Grandpa. Angry Grandpa is 
maybe my favorite supporting <laughs> character, and I, I almost always like to have one. <laughs> Do you put angry grandpas into your? Oh yeah, 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 pretty much every script. Did you have an angry grandpa? No, I mean I didn't really know my dad's dad, and I didn't, you know, I spent a little time with my mom's dad, so I don't really know. But whenever I watch movies, I'm just like, yeah, they're like the Alan Arkins of the world, you know. Anytime they're in something, I'm like, yeah, that's the that's the character. So. I had I had an angry grandpa. I can't. I can't say he was lovable. I have to say, I think he was just a little prickly, angry. Yeah. <laughs> but I was telling telling Pat the other day that um, we were talking about how cool All in the Family was oh, and yeah. what great writing and all yeah. this stuff. And when I was a kid, I lived with three grandparents. Okay, really, three grandparents that they all lived in my house. What? And my parents. And um, yeah, because my parents were, you know, one was in law school and one was, uh, you know, in the professional world. And so you needed a lot of help. Yeah, and also my Greek grandparents had lost their diner. It was very cliche. Oh wow, they had a Greek diner. (laughs) Right, my Jewish grandmother, her 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 third husband had just, you know, died. So everybody moved into the house, right? So I would watch. Sounds like an awesome movie. Well, it is because for me. I kind of grew up like an old lady. Like, <laughs> yeah, like great. I watched like um, I watched All in the Family. So did I. I watched the Rockford Files. So did I. I mean, like I I didn't watch anything cool like Speed Racer, like nothing that my friends watched. I had no idea of like real pop culture did at the you time. Watch Matlock and uh, Murder She Wrote. No, because that was later. Oh, okay, that was later, later. They were talking like the like I was six years old, so it was the seventies. Like know? Jeffersons. Yeah, that was a little later too. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jeffersons, Sanford yeah, and Son. Sanford and Son, definitely. Yeah. So all this old people stuff. But when I was watching All in the Family, I thought it was just my life. Only oh. I had like the liberal version of that grandfather oh, and grandmother. My grandmother looked exactly like Edith. My grandfather sat in this big chair watching this guy in this big chair bellowing just <laughs> like that guy. So and there was my mother, you know, like all cute and in her little, you know, yeah. like running around all liberal yep. and stuff. Yep. And then my my father who looked who had a beard just like Mike Stivic mm. and I thought that was just my family wow. on TV. I didn't see like it took me years to get like that oh that was a comedy like <laughs> That wasn't just my life, you know? No it way. was very, very wow. weird. So I kind of like lived all in the family. All of, anything Norman Mailer did was was brilliant. Like was, all that. I mean, Norman Lear. Uh, Norman Lear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah it's, it, it was a great show. Yeah. And But Angry Grandpa, right? Yeah. He, he actually, you know, he ran that show. And yeah. Angry Grandpa has been... I'm sorry to go into my own life here. No, I, I, I think realize it's awesome. that's sort of boring. No, <laughs> I think it's far more interesting. But now you know yeah. why I've lived the life of an old woman. <laughs> this is why your daughter, when she borrows, borrows her clo- your clothes, gets accused of being an old woman. That's right, right exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, Alan Arkin, and he's just been like... just tearing it up. Oh, my God. He is the world's best angry grandpa. He's in Little Miss Sunshine, yep. right? Think Brilliant. of what he brought into every oh scene. Yeah. Um, in Argo. Yeah, Argo. You know, as the producer yeah. who is basically, you know, barking through the whole yeah. thing and he's saying... He's totally angry grandpa. Yeah, if it's going to be a fake movie, it's going to be a great fake movie, yeah. you know? And, and I think this guy is also a truth teller. Uh, yeah, usually they 
they're the ones who have the real truth of life. Yes. Because they have the experience. And so what they'll bring to a, to a, um, a scene is often what a child brings to a scene. Oh, yeah. Kids brutal come honesty. In, yes. And they just tell the truth. <laughs> yeah. And it, it sends the, the, the scene in a new direction or yeah. it intensifies the scene or brings comedy into the scene. That's what Angry Grandpa does, too. And gets to swear. Like Paul Newman's character in Cars. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of an obscure reference, but like he's like this grumpy old car, and he's always telling them, you know, well, back, you know, back when, you know, whatever the name of the town is, like it used to be like this, and and he's like that, he's like this is how it is now, and this is, yeah, you know, it's. That's true. They Even bring, in animated movies, you have a ton of them. Yeah, because they bring also uh, this wi- wisdom to it. Yeah. They bring backstory to it and history. Yeah. Um, Michael, you can go drama with this. Yeah. Um, uh, Tom Wilkinson's character in Michael Clayton. Yeah. And and Peter Finch's character in Network. You know, these are oh, both yeah. like <laughs> fed up, yeah. angry grandpas who are basically sort of putting it out there. Yeah. And then everybody has to sort of figure out the world around their point of view. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, you know, if, if this guy was younger, you'd kind of just be like, well, you're a jerk. You're just kind of, and like, who are you? Yeah. But like old people, when they give you advice, you're like, you're old, you've been around. Right. And, listen, and there's something like, okay, maybe there's a pearl there. What are some, yeah. what are some uh, more recent drama features that you can think of that have the angry grandpa. Well, Michael Clayton's fairly recent. Like, the Argo, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh yeah, Argo's, I don't know. yeah, that's this year. I'm trying to think. Um, hmm. <laughs> Again, going to TV, you know, there's, uh, I don't I'm know. I'm trying to remember TV right now, the angry grandpa <laughs> characters. I, my, my, I have daddy brain. <laughs> <laughs> Someday you'll be an angry grandpa. Oh, then, I think I'm already there. You think? Yeah, Laura <laughs> keeps accusing me of like, I went on a rant for about five minutes the other day, and, and, and she's like, you should write that. Like, that's what you should be writing, just these insane rants. So. Well, the next one, you better not comment, is uh, Manic Milf. Okay? because <laughs> Stop looking at me. Because, because the, the supporting character of, like, sort of the seductive older female... This this person is really useful now. You know, it started yeah, with seeing, Mrs. Robinson, yeah, but yeah. It, it's, you know, we've got... Stifler's mom. Yeah, definitely. Um, you've got uh, Jennifer Aniston in Horrible Bosses. You've got Jane Seymour in, in Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers, yeah. You know, on TV, you get, you get like this sort of like... She's also the party pal, too. Um, yeah, yeah. And Nurse Jackie, um, Eve Best. Yeah. Yeah, and it's sort of like... It's it's this person who yes she could be a teacher yes she could be a mentor but instead she sort of acts out you know yeah. she acts out and she also sexualizes a scene yeah in a way oh, like, that like um, Kim Cattrall yes in uh, Sex in the City absolutely is she that? Yeah, yeah I think so and I think what they do is they bring s- sex into the into the picture without mm-hmm. confusing the issue that this person is going to be the romantic interest. Because of her age, you know. So, Once you hit 40. It's all over. <laughs> she just put you out the back. Yes. Find me there. I was moving So I can't away. make any comments about you? No, you with, can not. With regard not. to this category? No, you cannot. Because when I saw it, I was like, huh. <laughs> I wonder where this came from. No, because I have to go teach a class in 15 minutes and be the mama mentor. You don't want Maddox <laughs> Melf going and doing that. Maybe I do. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> Whatever brings me to class. <laughs> the next one is uh, the bookish beauty. You know, and she's she she is love the bookish beauty. She's the love interest. Yeah. She's in everything. You know, there's yeah. I didn't even like try and find one example because. There's, Every yeah. yeah, it's a really hot character right now too. Exactly, she's always smart. Which she's is pretty, great. and she's smart. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think anybody should be sitting there going, "Oh, that's such a stereotype." It's like, good is smart a now good, a stereotype? It's a good stereotype. Fine. It's like, yeah, we're all in love with Tina Fey. Sure, you know, absolutely. And Actually, although in her case, she's never, she's not a support. Which no. is great. Yeah. So when it comes to supporting characters who are the bookish beauty, they yeah. are always the the pursued, and they yeah. ch- the the bookishness challenges the main character. Yeah. The beauty lures the main character. Fine, great, and it doesn't have to literally be that she reads books. It's that she's smart in other ways. She could be even street smart. Yeah. But it's that kind oh, of you so know. Oh, so bookish beauty can have street smarts. I not think so. Just, okay. Y- yeah, it's just yeah. you know I needed that B word. You know. Yeah. Me, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think bookish is what comes in even more than street smart. You know. Yeah. Uh, who's the chick with the big eyes and totally you know, she's adorable. Uh, Zoe? Zoe, right? Yeah. So Zoe Deschanel, she's she's the bookish beauty and everything, yeah, right? Yeah. She's just she's she's really cute, but there's that element to her that makes her think that she's gonna say she's always gonna have the last word, she's gonna say the right thing. She mm-hmm. always gets the fact that you've you're faking it. You know, she sees yeah. right through you, you know, yeah. this, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um I want to not like her, but I do like her. Mm. I always have those. <clears throat> I always have a street smart or bookish beauty. Yeah. 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 Because, again, you don't want your, your your romantic interests to be dumb. Yeah. Now, the last one that I have on this list, at least, um, and I'm sure you guys out there are coming up with more, um, is the camera. And the reason I think that the camera is a supporting character is because the role of the camera has gotten bigger and bigger. That's true. I don't mean just how things are filmed. What I mean is that a literal camera is often, the main character is often talking to a literal camera. A camera is there in the scene. You've got uh, Cloverfield, for example. Okay. Um, 127 hours. If he didn't have that oh, video I camera to talk yeah. to, that was his only yeah. supporting character mm. there. Um, then we've got The Office, Modern Family. Yeah. And what so anything ha- with talking heads. Exactly. Yeah. When they actually respond to a camera, they respond to the camera like it's a character and That's they true. tell secrets That's to true. the camera that they yeah. wouldn't tell perhaps any other character. So it is a character and it can be a really interesting and powerful device how do you know, I mean, yes, if you're doing a mockumentary, clearly you're going to have that, but how do you know whether you, sh- I mean, it's you're breaking the fourth wall, right? You are, yeah. So you wouldn't necessarily have a camera in every movie and, and, no. and all that no. stuff. No, but if you do, if you, yeah. you think, I'm going to I'm gonna do this, you need to think about what is the personality of that camera that people uh-huh. are responding to? Are they responding to, is that camera comforting? To, to them? Is that camera uh, scary to them? So they're always trying to sort of get away and, mm-hmm. and, and keep secrets from it. Um, is that camera, in the case of 127 hours, the last connection that character is going to make f- ever? Mm-hmm. You know, so, so don't just put one in just to be a device. Put it in because it actually helps your main character. Yeah. Same, same. I mean, note. as someone who's just, who just did a, th- 
a thing where there were like eight cameras in my face for several weeks. It was like I was painfully aware of the camera. Sure. It's just like, and you're always, you know, they want you to stare in the camera, not talk to the producers and that kind of stuff. And so you're just like staring at this thing. And after a while, you're like, it, you do have feelings about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like feeling a little bit uh, put off by the camera. So then I would ask the camera op about the camera to like get more comfortable with the camera. That's so funny. I was like, how much does the camera weigh? And like, how much does it cost? And like, what kind of film does the camera use? And I was trying to like personalize the camera a little bit just so it wouldn't scare me. <laughs> That's which interesting. Weird. Yeah. You just like put clothes on the camera? Yeah. I was like, can it wear a sweater? <laughs> So I totally get it now. I bet I that and and if you think about, you know, reality shows and people who become reality stars, yeah, they must have decided something about that camera. I think you're right because some of my f- fellow contestants are just so good with it, and I I, I think I'm going to look very awkward because. I just wasn't that comfortable with it. So I, I do not like see. cameras. I don't like them at all. You know, I think in any job, especially, you know, when you're, when you're trying to tell people what you do and show them what you do, you yeah. have to deal with cameras. And I'm yeah. trying to let them more into my life. But, man, I hate them. Ugh. I'm more comfortable with mics. Yeah? You know? Yeah. Because, cool. I don't know. It's just uh, what I'm used to. But, yeah, the camera thing is, it's cool that you wrote that because I think it's helpful. And, and I, yeah, and I think that there's going to be more technological supporting I characters so. over yeah. time. I mean, if you think about the role, you know, every once in a while, a feature will try and make a computer a mm-hmm. supporting character. Well, yeah, you have Hal mm-hmm. and um, War Games. War Games, yeah, there's all kinds of. Um, Lost is sort of, they used, this is sort of moving on to like a different type of sure. character, but like Lost had the computer. Where they had to put in the numbers, right? And that was like an antagonistic force. That's true. That's true. It was always pulling at them. Yeah. So it's there. I don't know if it's always the most useful because <laughs> sometimes, like that, they haven't found a new personality yet for for the computer. Mm-hmm. It's all, always becomes this sort of yeah monster. Yes, yeah. and even when it's supposed to be your friend, it's talking like this, and mm-hmm. it's just really. So I don't know. If there's been enough depth in those yeah. computer supporting characters. Yeah. But when we're all half computer, I guess there will be. <laughs> I want to be like a third computer. Do you? Like there are parts of my body that need replacing. And if if I can get like a new like new eyes or something, because my eyes are terrible, I would do it. <laughs> like where I could see 3D and infrared and stuff. I would there are parts it. of my body that need replacing, but I don't think a computer is going to help. I can say. Well, you can always go to Beverly Hills. That's right. Maybe when they go holograph or something. We'll, we'll Pilar's going to become just a full holograph. That's right. That would be hilarious. I could stay like at home Tupac. and just eat snacks and let like <laughs> like a really cute holograph out there. I'll be at home like... That would be like, awesome, actually. Didn't they do a movie like that? I'm trying to remember where they had like... You were operating yourself in the future, and and I think remember that they it was have. like a Bruce Willis movie. Or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. Which is terrible, but um, <laughs> but still a great idea. Great idea for the uh, for the lazy person. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so, guys, if you, um, if other, if other uh, supporting characters come to mind, feel free to email me with them. I'm interested. Um, my email is inquire at onthepage.tv. If you're looking for this particular article, it is in Script Magazine, and it came out on January 9th online. Do you have a link to it from your Facebook? Yeah, it's on okay. the Facebook page. Thank you for reminding me. It's uh, yeah, on the page on Facebook. You can. It's a couple posts down, and you can click on it and check it out. Um, but uh, you know, it, it it's just an overall reminder: don't don't cheat your supporting characters. Yeah, because if you do, your whole script is going to suffer for it. Yeah, and you'll notice when you do the. Let's say you do a first draft, and and your supporting characters are weak. It'll be obvious, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then when you go beef it up and you read it again, you're like, oh, you know, the main character is so much better now. Mm -hmm. And you haven't touched the main character at all, but everything around him. Exactly. Or her, he or she has exactly. Changed. And that way, too, if your main character is making choices based on what supporting characters are pushing them to yeah. do or motivating them to do, your main character will also get more active. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it benefits everybody. It doesn't weaken your main character just to dial up the people around yeah. him. It makes them more less passive because like a lot of times our main characters are passive in the first draft of our scripts. Mm -hmm. and, and I think monkeying with the dynamics between the, the main character and the supporting cast like really helps I think you hit it right? dynamic is, is the thing yeah. we're going for yeah absolutely yeah. well guys um, I want to remind you uh, that we're doing a rewrite rewrite class here it's February 23rd I believe through March 16th Saturdays right yeah Saturdays 1230 to 330 it, it is an advanced writing class you don't have to have a first draft completed you can come in with an outline and still do the work and uh, and I guarantee that all of your characters will get better main character and supporting go to onthepage.tv and check it out also if you have any uh, if you want to get on my mailing list so you can get these bulletins um, do uh, just send me uh, you know a, a little letter to inquire at onthepage.tv um, also, I'm going to start collecting questions again, so do feel free. Oh, yeah, that'd we, be good. Yeah, we haven't done something like that, so yeah. email me. It's it's fine, and then we'll try and address some of those questions on the podcast. Yeah. And where should people follow you? Adip Desai. Um, at Twitter, at Adip, A-A-D-I-P, and the commercial for Worst Cooks just came out this morning. Oh, my God, I'm and so excited. And it's so insane. Is I it? look insane. <laughs> You'll just... Everyone should go look because it's totally like what that he did that what an idiot you know I love the poster of you with your hair like it's this but video this is like yeah oh my god yeah, it's oh insane. my god look you may you may not like the camera but I think the camera loves you baby <laughs> so I can't Laura made me wait. Laura watched like ten times this morning and I was just like cringing oh, oh no so so tell us again when it's going to be on it's uh worst cooks in America February seventeenth at nine p.m. on the Food Network. Oh my God, yeah. I'm I'm so watching it. And and just so you know, I am a, actually a terrible, terrible cook. Well, I'm not faking any of it. Like so. I said, you know, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll help you with that. Yeah. But in the meantime, it'll be fun watching you just screw up eggs. It'll yeah. be good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just watch me burn and cut myself a bunch. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> okay, everybody out there, get to work on all of your characters. Get writing. Yeah, and have a good writing week. Thank you.